Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, I'm back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. Okay, so... I was doing a video this week, and one of the things that I talked about is a common mistake that I see being made out there. And it basically goes like this. You go into a sales presentation, and that's what a lot of times these financial planning meetings are. It may sound good because they sound like they're doing financial planning, but it's usually they're using financial planning as a sales tool is really what it is. And what you'll hear people say is, like, well, you know, you need to have a couple different buckets. Sometimes that terminology is used. You have a couple of different buckets. You're going to have your risk bucket over here. That's where you're going to own your stocks. And, you know, I hear them say, well, you know, I heard something the other day. They're talking, you know, the down markets are an opportunity. They can be an opportunity is what was being said. And I hear that quite often. And, you know, I saw a matter of fact, a couple of articles in the Wall Street Journal, exactly the same type of terminology being used. It's an opportunity. You got an opportunity to do this. Anytime you hear the word opportunity, think you have the ability to market time here. Because <laughs> what you're doing is you're saying it's low. You have an opportunity to go and buy low and sell high. Now, when you're regularly rebalancing a portfolio, it's not, you're just bringing portfolio back into the asset mix that it's supposed to be. So if you're supposed to have, you know, let's say that you've decided that you want to have 10% of your money in one asset category and 10% in another, and one has done just rocked and now it's 15% of your portfolio and the other one's kind of done languished and it's at five, you're going to sell the five overage in the one and then buy the five under in the other to bring them both back to 10. That's simple. Now, opportunity, you hear that kind of that terminology when somebody thinks, oh, this is underpriced. And you'll actually see that in prospectuses, mutual fund prospectuses, that type of thing. You know, we look for opportunities in this and opportunities in this market. It's market timing. What do we know about market timing? We know that studies show it doesn't work. We know that, you know, studies of pension plans found that you know, one, one study I refer to quite often because it was a big one, that 100% of the time when it was engaged, when they used it, it actually hurt returns. It didn't help returns. Well, I don't want to do anything that's not going <laughs> to hurt returns or is so likely to hurt returns that they have major studies where it never helped. That doesn't seem like fun to me. <laughs> I don't know about you. So you hear that, ter that type of terminology and the opportunity to do this. So it, they'll say, I have this bucket over here. This is my risk bucket. And you have stocks or, or you'll have, you know, different types of investments that are supposed to be highly, uh, they have capital appreciation potential. And that's going to be one bucket. Then over here, you need to have your safe bucket. And this is how it's sold. You have to have your guaranteed, your safe bucket. And a lot of times, what are they doing? They're putting in annuities. Because why? Because the commissions are wonderful on annuities. But the problem you run into is this, is let's say if I'm managing that portfolio, now instead of 10% and 10% in my previous example, where I have 10% of my money in one asset category and 10 in another, now let's say I've got 50% in stocks 
or whatever stocks, real estate investment investment trusts were always exciting for uh, for companies in in recent years. It's oh wow, you can get an income on this real estate investment trust, and, and then all of a sudden now real estate's just kind of whoa, some real struggles in so many parts of the country right now. Really rough because of the interest rate increases. And now all of a sudden, why is it not selling this stuff anymore? I don't know. Why are they not selling it? Because it <laughs> didn't work. And but the problem is the people bought this stuff from them, and now they're stuck, or they think they, well, yeah, a lot of times they are stuck. Uh, but there are there are products out there that, that people have bought, you know, that uh, you can slide out of little by little. But it is not easy, especially when you paid that big old commission on the front end. But back to this. So let's say that I have that other bucket that's supposed to be guaranteed. When I'm managing a portfolio, if let's say stocks do really, really well, then what I've got to do is, oh, now it's not taking up 50 percent of the portfolio. Uh, they're taking up 60%. So now it's over what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be 50%. It's at 60% of my money. And what would I do when properly rebalancing a portfolio? I would say, okay, I got to bring it back to 50. So I got to sell the 10% overage in my stocks. And now I take that money and I stick it over into the fixed income. What are they using as a proxy for fixed income? Annuities. Ka-ching. What do we got? Another commission. Now, great for the investment advisor, uh, not so great for the client. Then what they do is this. Now, the stock market's down. Now, instead of 50% of my portfolio, it's 40% of my portfolio. Now, what I've got to do is I've got 60% of my money in fixed income, and I've got to bring that back down to being 50%. So I need to sell some of the fixed income, which is funded by what? It's in annuities, because remember, the insurance company is just an intermediary between you and the end investment. So you put money in, the insurance company takes it, and they reinvest it. They're in between you and the ultimate investment, and they've paid a commission. So if you leave early, if you take your money back out, you've got to pay a back-end penalty to get backed out because the insurance company's got to recoup the commission that they paid to somebody. Now, here's the problem. If you're rebalancing the portfolio, you've got a back-end surrender penalty to take the money back out of the annuity and put it back over into the equities or the stock part of your portfolio. So it makes it pretty much next to impossible. Well, they don't do that. Why they don't? Because they know what I'm saying is right. They don't do that. So what you end up with is a portfolio that gets all out of whack from a risk return trade-off standpoint. And here's the other problem. And this is the major problem. When you have a fixed income portfolio, your bonds, you're going to have different maturities. You'll have some that mature in less than one year, some in one year, some in a couple of years, some in three years, four years, maybe five years. And you have these different levels of maturity. And when stock markets do their fluctuations, you will find that the short-term stuff doesn't change much. It'll stay about the same value, you know, because it'll just pay whatever the interest rate was on it, and it doesn't go up and down significantly in value. Remember the Silicon Valley Bank thing I said, I talked about. Silicon Valley Bank, the bonds went down in value. Why? Because interest rates went up. So what happened is when 
those interest rates go up, now you have a situation where your bonds go down, which isn't cool, which isn't good. But if you have a stock market decline, what happens when you have a big old stock market decline? Well, a lot of times it's because the economy has gotten really bad or they've gone into a recession and there's a problem. When that happens, what do you hear everybody talking about? You hear them talking about interest rates coming back down. When interest rates go down, what happens to bond prices? They go up. So in situations where we've had big downturns in the stock market historically, you will see that stocks drop in value and then bonds jump up in value. Now that creates the opportunity to rebalance the portfolio where now I can sell some of those bonds at a higher price and I can buy into stocks. Well, if I'm dealing with an annuity contract or something that's just a fixed income part of my portfolio, you don't see those big fluctuations. You don't see it jump in value just because the stock market went down because those things are, are fixed and guaranteed. Now, maybe the insurance company is the big benefactor because they went and took your money and invested in those bonds, but you don't get that benefit. They just pay whatever they told you that they would pay you know, in those fixed contracts. So the problem that you run into is not only the illiquidity issue in rebalancing the portfolio, but you also have the other problem in that they don't have that dissimilar price movement. Because if you look where you have actual opposite movement in markets historically, it has always been with stocks and bonds. And those more intermediate two, three, you know, three, four, especially four to five year bonds is where you see more of that activity. You know, so that is just what? It's just you're being sold a product. It's a sales pitch. You have your risk over here, you have your fixed over, it sounds really good. And in reality, should you have fixed income? Absolutely. But to do it in that manner, no, it's a little bit better for the financial advisor than it is for the end investor. I'm Paul Winkler, you're listening to the Investor Coaching Show. I'll be back right after this. Hey folks, I wanna tell you something I'm really excited about. My new book, Confident Financial Planning is finally out. It's in paperback, hardcover, Kindle version, and I actually have an audiobook version of it. Uh, it talks about building your financial castle. I use that throughout the book, talking about your investments, your financial plan is kind of like a castle. You have your savings and your emergency funds. I talk about that, debt, good debt, bad debt. I talk about special goal funds and how to set those things up and how to invest for those types of special things that you might want to do in the future types of retirement accounts, different types of taxation of investment accounts, talk about real estate investing and pros and cons of that, how to project retirement assets, and your moat. You know, that's how you protect your castle. It's the risk management aspect of a financial plan. If you want to find out more about that, you go to paulwinkler.com forward slash book to get it. And I uh, hope you enjoy. All right. I'm back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. Well, sometimes people think, you know what doesn't have any risk? Real estate. <laughs> Those of you that have been around a while are going, yeah, right. Been there, done that, gotten the t-shirt, seen so many people lose 
their shirts on something that wasn't supposed to be risky at all. And that's, you know, I, I was talking to somebody this week and I said, yeah, people have that perception because I can touch it. You know, I like it. I like real estate. I can touch it. And I say, well, you know what? The reason you're able to own it is because of a deed, right? You have a deed to the property and you're able to touch it. Yep, you're able to go off and touch it. But I'm able to go and touch, you know, the, any company that I own, whether it be Home, uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, you know, Kroger, Target, uh, Walmart. Now, I only own a tiny portion of it. I don't own the whole thing, but I have a right to the property and it's called the stock, stock certificate. You know, so it's really not different. And I've got lots of exposure to real estate when I'm in stocks, right? Well, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal, commercial property is one of those things that a lot of real estate investment trusts have been invested in over the years. That and limited partnerships. Saw a lot of that. Commercial property is sputtering. Just ask the real estate king. Uh, and this, this happens to be in Sweden, but it doesn't matter where. There are places around the United States. This has been we've been seeing all kinds of uh, all kinds of headlines on commercial property, but they were just talking about how you know commercial real estate. In this, this they were referencing the United States here in the first line about that it could be the next shoe to drop, and in some places it already has dropped. But they were talking about this particular investment company that had so-called social infrastructure. And it said, as chief executive, he's bought health clinics, schools, and even police stations and leased them back to local governments. Remember when we were trying, they were trying to get us to sell all these limited partnerships and, and it sounded so good. You know, they would show these lovely pictures of the properties that we were going to be getting our clients into. And they said, you know, what has caused this thing to drop in value 80%, 80%. That's how much this thing dropped, dropped in value from the 2021 peak. Guess what it was? Ready? Interest rates. Soaring interest rates basically sunk this thing. And just throughout the whole article, they're just talking about the, just the issues with that. And you don't know what's going to happen in any particular area. You could have tax laws change. And, you know, right now you're able to deduct depreciation. You don't know how that's going to change. You know, what could happen there? You don't know what's going to happen as far as industry in your particular town. Politicians have shown their ability to really screw up things in big cities. <laughs> they really have. You know, it's, they're up to the task. <laughs> and all of a sudden, what happens to your property when people decide to move out of the city and they get further and further out? It's not worth as much anymore. You know, there was the whole thing about how one guy was talking about how we're going to be able to make do with less property due to efficiencies. Maybe transportation, as I've talked about before. Improvement can reduce the value of properties. Nothing is without risk. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.
Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., PWI, an investment advisor registered in the state of Tennessee. PWI does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation. This information is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any securities.